It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? This week, we're mixing things up a little bit. As you may have noticed, uh, we good girls love Taylor Swift and talk about her all the time. So in honor of Speak Now Taylor's Version's release, we have decided to have one of our favorite Taylor Swift experts on the podcast with us to talk about the new songs and the re-release. So this week we are joined by Carson Milnarik, which you may recognize his name from season one. If you haven't listened to his episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. He was on in August of 2022. The episode's called Gone to Taylor Swift's Christmas Tree Farm with Carson Monarch. Carson is a New York comedian, absolutely hilarious. He is the host and producer of the shows Two Gays, One Mike and Movie Surfers, which we talk about a little later on in the episode. So please welcome Carson Monarch. He was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches. Whoa! Hi, okay, I don't think that was bad. I think that was great. But yes, welcome to Good Girls Got Sad. <laughs> Emergency recording edition with our good friend, Carson Milnarek. Oh my gosh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. Carson was one of our original guests on season one, and that was a great episode if you want to go back and listen. We had a really good time talking to you back then, and I we played a Taylor Swift-inspired game, and I forgot to look up what it was. I think it was like... Like Christian references. Yeah, I think it was Christian lyrics or Taylor Swift lyrics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That sounds right. Oh, yeah, that's totally what it was. It Was was it from a Christian song or a Taylor Swift song? And I think you got them all right because you do every you're Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Swift expert. Right issues, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm so glad to be here while you guys are uh, re-recording your podcast masters to yes, <laughs> take oh back God. your ownership. What if we did that? <laughs> what if we just started? Because we have said we're like people who were on season one, we want to have like back on starting with you so that we can give you another chance now that we have more listeners and better audio and everything. So this we're literally taking back our masters from so the reason we have you here today is because speak now taylor's version was just released from the vault by taylor lautner Mm -hmm. thank you so much to taylor what the gag it was like the gag (laughs) of the century seeing him in that video there's so much to uncover but yes i just i really like i'm sorry his wife should not have changed her last name like why is she also Taylor Lautner? It really bothers me. For the bit. I, I think it's hilarious. I know, it is for the you bit. You have to lean into it. I saw it on t- I saw her on TikTok, like a video that she made, and it was like Tay Lautner. And I was like, I guess I know at this point that she's Tay and he's Taylor. But why did you, like hyphenate? Like, come on. You don't have to change your last name. Do you think he has a Taylor fetish? Like he likes girls with the same name as him? I mean, I I don't know. I whatever she did, she has some kind of magical powers because she's also like a huge Swifty and she just like made she manifested her life. She made it happen for her and I actually cannot speak ill of Tay Lautner. I saw a tweet that I was going to read but I'm sure it's not pulled up anymore that basically said that. It was like power move to be, date Taylor Swift's ex and then convince him to get back in touch with her so that you can meet Taylor Swift. Like that's how you do it. That's how you do it. 
and she's mastermind. Yeah, oh. she's, oh, she's <laughs> big mastermind. She's big mastermind. Um, and then Joey King is there. I don't know if I've vocalized my thoughts on Joey King on this podcast, but I'm not a fan of her. I don't think we've talked about it, but I think you're not alone. I do not. I, I'm not either, but I think she would be an amazing guest on this podcast, actually. So perhaps we should not speak ill. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, if yeah. Joey's <laughs> listening. Oh, we she, love you, girl. <laughs> I, we have the same last name. I don't know if that does anything for you, but uh, well, maybe you're related. Probably not. I do love the um, Kissing Booth movies. I've never seen them. Unabashedly. I've never seen them. I, I've seen all of them, for better or for worse. Are they based on books? Uh, um, they, it They're gives the vibes of based on a book, but I'm not sure if it is. It, uh-huh. it gives like Wattpad <laughs> fan fiction yeah. that they turn into a movie. That's so the vibe does, I got. But. So does Tay Lautner. <laughs> yes. You have a master document, yeah. a mastermind document of how of like things that we need to kind of address. Mm-hmm. Well, should we start by talking about Better Than Revenge Lyric Change? I think we must. Yeah. How we inexplicably <laughs> opened the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so we all know it used to be she's better known for the things that she does with the mattress. And she changed just that one line to he was a moth to the flame. She holds the matches. Is that right? She, she was, was holding, holding matches. matches. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm actually thinking she holds the matches would have been better. But that's okay. We were doing a past tense thing. It's just we were talking about the syllables. I think, first of all, she's not a good girl because she's holding multiple matches that are on fire at the same time. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I thought about it immediately. I was like, she's holding matches, multiple matches. Are they on fire? Are they on fire? Well, I mean, I, they must be because he was a moth to the flame. But also, it's like, he's such a low life. He's a bug. He's a bug. <laughs> and I, so I think it's actually like a very layered lyric, and I maybe prefer it to the mattress lyric, just like lyrically. Mm. Wow. That's the first take I've heard. That prefers it. I think it sounds a little folklore. It sounds, I was like, okay, moth, flame, we're, we're here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My coworker, Kelsey Cahill, who I don't know if she's listening, but she's my coworker. She texted me. She was the one who told me about this lyric change. And she sent me this whole long thing. And she was like, my problem is that this whole album is 19-year-old Taylor. And that line is so obviously 32-year-old Taylor. And I think that is true. That's like a mature line. Whereas that song is not mature. And that's why it's good. Because it is just from the raw place in your heart when you're 19 and you're mad. As a man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, was it? Is it anti? Was the original lyric anti-feminist? Did you? Oh, guys it's very slurp shamey. Okay, very slurp shamey. Certainly anti Camilla Bell. <laughs> yeah, and also because how old was Camilla when that lyric was written? It's like she's basically a child, right? Like that yeah. is not like that's icky. Um, but I've seen. Uh, I saw a tweet that was like, I fully thought she was outing her as a bedwetter. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> and she's like, I thought for years she was like, she's known for wetting the bed. And I was like, that's kind of like, I didn't uh, know what that she That would be anti women. That would be anti women more than. And then other people were like, it's actually a compliment to like be known for what you do in bed. And I was like, when you're 19, probably not what you want your identity to be. Um, no, I understand. But also, it's Taylor's version. She re released it. Yeah. You know? It wasn't nice. I'll say that. I know. Actually, I blame Andrea. Yeah. Andrea should have been like, Taylor, that's kind of mean. <laughs> she let her song bully her. Especially, I mean, this is coming from, uh, this is for later in the episode, but Electric Touch. I'm like, was this written about Jesus? Have you listened oh. to it? It really, it's, it's a lot of, like, your light will save me, da-da-da. 
I didn't even. Yeah, or if it's not about Jesus, I thought it was about sex. I mean, it probably is, but it's being. Common. I thought a lot of this album was it's about, about sex. sex. Upon yes. further review, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. I can see you. I can see me. Yeah, I can see that's, us. That's a whole. That's a whole bullet point. On but the electric touch is absolutely going to be co-opted by Christian churches. Mm. Oh yeah. Fill me with your light, such and such. Major youth pastor energy. Yeah, there. that's true. Well. So my take on Better Than Revenge has always been that, yes, it is anti that girl, but it also is just so like that's just how I felt at that time. And I think people our age have gone through a really unique experience of like growing up with Taylor and maybe she was like a little behind, but like I'm like three years younger than her. So I feel like by the time she wrote a song and came out with the album, that was the way I was feeling at that age. And I was real slurp shavy when that song came out. <laughs> yeah. And it meant a lot to me. I was like, yeah, my high school boyfriend cheated on me. And she is better known for the things that she does on the mattress. AKA like, you know, the car seat, like people weren't having sex in beds, I don't think. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rich, check your privilege, Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess it's nicer than like better known uh, for the things she does in, like the parking lot or something. Yeah, that's so true. true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my high school. At experience. the stoplight? <laughs> in the library? Hand jobs in the library, that's all I have in to the offer. Stacks? I, I think it was a good way of addressing it because everyone was wondering uh, what she was going to do. Because mm -hmm. she said she regretted that line. And I was like, she's either going to change the lyric or I thought we might get like a, a little spoken intro at the beginning of the song where she's like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I don't feel this way anymore. But here you go. I know you like this song. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that, too. But then I was like, there's so many things in her discography that she could do. I was like, that's a precedent she probably doesn't want to set. Right. Yeah. Well, I think. My issue too with just changing that one lyric is that the rest of the song is also not. It's nice. also mean. <laughs> so if you're trying to be like that one line was anti-women, it's like mm, by changing that line, you're actually sex negative. So <laughs> you should have kept that line. But yeah, I don't know. It's just the rest of the song is like even meaner. I think it's very snarky. I love it. I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, it's like a, it's like a rock song. Yeah. I want to hear Miley Cyrus do it, but it's her Paramore yeah. moment, mm -hmm. which is also interesting because Paramore stopped doing misery business for a while because of slut shaming. Oh yeah, and then TikTok's like, actually, we love it. Keep slut shaming. We know you're older now, and they did it again. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also like how um, you're gay has been co-opted by the gay community. It's like, yeah, we are gay, yeah. and it's like we're having fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not as a, as a gay man. How do you feel about? Um, that's fine. I'll tell mine. You're gay. I love it. I think it's <laughs> funny. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear that on the album either. Yeah. But like, you know, the TikTok sound where it's like, you're gay. <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. gay. I think it's funny. Uh, am I, do I think it's good that she changed it? Because people are always looking for reasons to attack her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if I hear her sing that song live, am I going to say you're gay? Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. <laughs> I do kind of wish she had changed it now because I think she could do better than what is it? You, you won't mind if I say. Yeah, I think she could. I think she could beat that for sure. Yeah, you won't mind if I say. By the way, which is like the same. Yeah, it's the mm -hmm, same thing. Mm -hmm. It's fine. We'll give her a pass. I'll key your car like Carrie Underwood. By the way, <laughs> I hate that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'll key your car. Would be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit it with a baseball bat. It's yeah, like, no you know what? I've Carrie totally Under turned this up right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's how Carrie Underwood's. You know, she's like, it's his fault. I'm gonna key his car. 
Oh no, she said four. Doesn't she say like four bit hus- hussy or something in that song? I don't know, but I love the TikToks that are like, I can't shoot whiskey. Oh no. Oh no, it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like my biggest fear came true. Yeah. I can't <laughs> shoot whiskey. I grew up and I can't shoot whiskey. Bathroom polo? What, like, I don't even know what that is. Okay, I, for years, bathroom polo has haunted me. I was like, what could that possibly mean? Is it not mean? a perfume? It's like the polo cologne being given to him by a bathroom attendant. Oh. oh. That's a fancy dive either, bar. Nice. Either it's a bathroom <laughs> attendant or like apparently some places you can like put 30 cents into a machine and it'll give you like a little bit of cologne. That's oh. what I have read on the internet because it like bothered me so much. I'm like bathroom solo. I like couldn't figure out what it was. Wow. And that's why I looked it up. Yeah. So like in the condom machine, there's also... <laughs> Cologne. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that what they have in boys' bathrooms? We have tampons. <laughs> they have cologne. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what happened to the old thing? Remember when they used to have the like sparkly lip smacker, like the tiny, tiny, oh yeah, like little lip glosses in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I would get those at the movie theater. Yeah, that's such a specific movie theater memory for me for some reason. Gosh, I miss those things. You put four quarters in it'd be like, here's a temporary tattoo. And I was like, bad girl. All right. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it would be like a like a dolphin or something. And I was like, this is a tramp stamp. <laughs> and I would never wear this. So I was like, I was hoping for like a sunshine or something. But I probably shouldn't say tramp stamp either. I was <laughs> literally <laughs> just like, um, wow, we're talking about Taylor slurp shaming. It's a cool lower back tattoo. It do- You do think, like, I don't know, the older I get, the more I'll like, will say something and be like, huh. That wasn't a nice phrase. <laughs> like, never realized that as a child, but okay. But here we are. It is misogyny yeah. in the culture, yeah. and I never questioned it. Well, what's up with that? No, I, my other reaction to Better Than Revenge, and I had this one to Forever and Always, was that she, like, her voice is better, so she's less screechy, which is great, unlike hours and songs like that but on better than revenge i'm like no screech your little vocal cords off like i just i feel like i don't get the like anger and just like i don't know she just was so snarky on the original version and that was why it was so fun so that i was a little bit sad that we didn't get all that snark. yeah i think it's a little less fist pumpy mm-hmm. for sure yeah and i think that's kind of a theme with all these re-recordings is her voice sounds better uh the production's really crisp. I saw someone mm-hmm. tweeted like, wow, speak now. Taylor's version sounds like McDonald's Sprite. And I was like, <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> so I funny. hear that. Uh, but she doesn't sound as emotionally attached anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, honestly, it sounds like she's sitting on this couch with us with a podcast mic, just petting her cat, like singing the songs. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm glad she's not still emotionally attached to a <laughs> song about Joe Jonas, who's now her friend. <laughs> like breaking up with her for someone else but yeah but she's teaching us how to get out of our pettiness which is very good girl gone sad that's true (coughs) so she's done the perfect arc for us and we can follow in her footsteps that's very true yeah but it's like we still have these feelings isn't it kind of funny to look back on it yeah i mean i think that's i don't know because like i wouldn't be like let me go back to high school and like redo my papers I wrote or like the yeah, tweets I tweeted you know so I'm like it is kind of a weird thing to have to go back and like reproduce the thoughts and feelings you had when you were younger that you're probably not proud of especially the vault of it all because we haven't heard that before so mm. like how were you really feeling when you wrote this 
because I was like, this song sounds like it's about going to prom and you're 33. Yes, yeah, so um, the vault songs are very sexual. Did anyone else? Uh, they're sexy. <laughs> H word on Maine. Mm-hmm. That's either, the energy. Yeah, it's either she was like so horny or actively watching The Notebook. Mm. Those are the two. Those are two. <laughs> Timeless. I was like, the, like, what year did The Notebook come out? Because she was watching The Notebook. But it is like uh, you mentioned, it is absolutely a win for the historical like. Girls who love living history park girlies. Yeah. Timeless was like, I don't know. It was so, I just feel like every time you like, I would read like a book about a different era, I'd like imagine myself in that era. Mm-hmm. And that song is just her doing that. And I was like, wow, this is so specific. <laughs> they, they, when she dropped the year, I was like, Taylor, what? Yeah. <laughs> Taylor. She's like, you're off to war. Like I used to like play like husband went to war. She loves a husband at war. Yeah. She loves, like I... I think, like, the only thing I've tweeted in the past, like, three years is I love Taylor Swift so much, but she has to stop comparing breakups to, like, wars, like, World like, War One, World <laughs> War One, like, she's an A-push. Like, yeah. she really does a DBQ on, like, letters to my loved ones. What are you doing, Taylor? It's, Timeless is very cute. It's very romantic. I think it's very quintessential Taylor, but it is kind of funny where she's like, our love is so beautiful. What if you were in, in war? Yeah. Like, and I was just here waiting. Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be beautiful. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I like that song, though. I think I like all the vault songs, I think. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing is like. So my hot take is Taylor Swift, Haley Williams on paper. Sounds amazing. Sounds so exciting. Castles Crumbling. Kind of a snooze for me. I Yeah. I wanted them to rock. Yeah. I would rather I that better to be than like revenge. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. A l- better than revenge with Haley Williams would yes. have been awesome. Yes. Yeah. Have them do it live when Paramore is there. Yeah, because they're about to tour with her mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to hear Castles Crumbling? With, no. Like live? I kind of don't. Oh, yeah, I will I say forgot about that one. Timeless <laughs> does feel like very much a vestige of the religion era Taylor. Like the lyrics, it's like she talks about god she talks about like it just feels like oh this is a very like biblical like bible study relationship oh interesting like uh, she's obsessed with growing old with people and like that's also i feel very religious like my one true love because that's what you're taught especially when you're not supposed to have sex with anybody because she's a slurp shamer <laughs> except for the people that you're in love with or like mm, as long as you marry them if you have sex before marriage it's kind of like whatever it's still the same person right. like that's like a little loophole and that timeless feels very connected to that ideology midnights she's like i'm gonna actually have sex with everyone all the time i was just gonna say midnights is like oh you want me to be your wife (laughs) okay disgusting (laughs) yeah wow in like three albums we went from being like i'd marry you right now and be with you forever and we're gonna grow old together and now it's like "Mm, i don't know about that i don't believe in marriage yeah (laughs) timeless to me and hopefully you guys will feel this too gives um like young life vibes like before they when everyone's filing in and they're just playing music and it's like oh we all like taylor swift and timeless is like palatable romantic um but young life friendly Mm -hmm. yes yeah there's not a yeah so saying that the vault songs were horny not timeless (laughs) not timeless timeless and castles Castles crumbling crumbling, not horny at all but oh, but foolish sweet. one. Foolish one is also like she just wants to be old again. Yeah, she's like obsessed with being old with somebody, which is sad. Oh, well, because she's an old soul, and she's, she's always seen herself as like 
I'm not meant to be a teenager, which is very good Girl Gone Sad. Yes. This album specifically is very much that. Uh, with the John Mayer 19 of it all, mm-hmm. trying to be older. So I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because then she's like 32, still growing up now. So she understands. I don't know. It's like, I'll give you grace to be young, but not me. I need to be old and mature and above my peers in yeah. a way. Putting that pressure on yourself is, once again, very good girl gone Very sad. good girl gone sad. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking that this album is, like, one of the least good girl gone sad of the albums. Like, I think Midnight's is probably the most. Like, maybe Midnight's and Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. the original. But I feel like this one, I was like, I don't know that this one is really good girl gone sad, but it's, like, in that phase when you're starting to go sad. <laughs> you're, like, breaking out of your good girl boundaries and, like, exploring. Yes, okay, so <clears throat> not to move on, but uh, what's it called? It's I Can See You. <coughs> I oh, see yes, yeah. I okay. Can See You. Sorry, I just, high, I just underlined high school love, and I was like, I'm going to know that that's I Can See You. That is exactly as horny as I felt because it's like <laughs> your jacket's on the floor. It's just his jacket that comes off. I thought about that it, too, yeah. and it's like leaning up against a wall. It's like, yeah, we're going to be standing and kissing. We're not going to lay down. You know what I mean? Right. It's like your hands on me. It's like that's probably like her lower back. Like it's exactly as horny as like high school me felt, um, and it's like, does she even know what happens after that? I'm not sure. It kind of gives she doesn't know what happens after that. And anyway, so that's why I think like the vault tracks specifically are very good girl gone sad because they are like pet like well, better than revenge is very petty, very slurp shamey. And like mm-hmm. that's how we all felt. And yeah, I can see you is like do do do. Also, like her horny song is still like I c- if you can play a horny song on a ukulele, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's good girl gone sad. <laughs> I think if she'd recorded that one at nineteen, it would sound really different than it does now. Like it might sound less charged as than it does now. Yeah, because now we know she only bought this dress so you could take it off. Right, right. So like we we're there together, but like at nineteen, we might have been like. Oh, yeah. It's like Troy and Gabriella by the lockers. Exactly. <laughs> they, she ki- they kiss once at the end of the movie. Yeah. That's all they're allowed to do. Their one thirteen second make out. Yes. Whatever it was. This album, uh, I mean, I can see you. I think is definitely the horniest there. I wonder, I can just imagine her mom being like, Taylor, girls are looking up to you. You cannot put that on the record. Mm-hmm. But when it first came out back in, what, 2010? I remember yeah. Sparks Fly being like scandalized. I was like, they're going up the lead me up the staircase. I'm like, they're going upstairs together. Like, even to me, I was like, oh my God, she's singing about sex. So mm-hmm. I also thought in debut, our song was To My Love in Bed. And I was like, so her boyfriend's <laughs> in. And I just like was I was so shocked. Oh, instead of To My Love to in my Bed. To My Love in Bed, because she had um a country accent. Yeah. Her little twang. Her little Born tw- in her extreme <laughs> twang. It was not a little twang. She was yeah. My friend and I do a uh, a bit where we just do as much of a country twang as we can to make it like impossible to understand the lyrics. That's one of my favorite uh, pastimes. She, uh, I'm interested to see if she will bring back her fake twang, but mean she kind of is like twangless except for like a few words. Mm-hmm. I just remember listening to it and being like, "Oh my god, I hear it, Pennsylvania." Yeah, there Pennsylvania. it is. There it is. <laughs> to my loving, to my love in bed, and I was like, "Why well, is that okay with everybody?" Why are we glazing over this? And then I looked at the other and said, oh, because it's loving. But also, I'm like, why is your bed loving? 
is it for loving? Is it right? Yeah. I think I was just scandalized by that term at all. And then like she's she like, mentioned her bed. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was like, there's roses on the bed. There's roses on the bed. Is I mean, the door open? Your is mom your mom let home? you into your room? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we've covered timeless. Anything else you need to say about I can see you? That other than it's a bop. Oh no, but I did want to add that electric touch. She says. Um, I've grown accustomed to sleeping alone, which is also like I could see her mom being like, you can't put that out there because she was still doing the country thing. And to an extent, country, you're either like all the way on one side, like I'm a redneck woman, like I don't care what you think. Or you're like, I'm a sweet little girl. And she had to be sweet little girl. So I wonder if they were kind of like, these songs are too much. Can't do it. Yeah, I wonder if it was her team or her Mm -hmm. or... Because she's like, I was very proud of these, and they told me no. Yeah. This album's really an interesting point in her career because she was going from, like, teenager to adult, never Mm -hmm. grow up. She got a place of her own, and she was having sex. She was doing the thing. But then she was also still kind of tied to this, like, fantasy girl, uh, enchanted castles, dreams, and she still has never fully left that I think but this album's like where you can kind of see the transition of it the hardest mm-hmm. yeah that is very true and I do I think it's cool how she keeps making a huge deal out of that she wrote all the songs on this album and I didn't realize this but my sister was saying that it's because in the previous albums like her co-writers got so much credit so she was like okay fine I'm gonna show you that I can write a great album and some of my favorite Taylor Swift songs are on this album so she did a good job. Yeah. What? Taylor Swift good at writing songs? <laughs> what? Um, something else I want to say about Electric Touch, which I already kind of said, but, uh, the Jesus-y thing, but the way that she's like wanting someone, to, wanting to need somebody for the rest of your life. I was like, I think that's probably not the best mindset. Mm. Like she wants to desperately need somebody. Like that's how intense the relationship is. And I was like, that is like, not to bring it back to religion, but I'm going to do that. How I wanted to feel about Jesus. Like I Electric Touch to me is about Jesus. Interesting. <laughs> that is not where my head went, but I'm I'm here for it. it. Or it just feels like something that they would spin into that. But I was like, this is not like a healthy mindset, Taylor. Like, I don't think Electric Touch is like, I hope you've evolved. And I know that she has, because we're close personal friends. Um, <laughs> that she's evolved from like that mindset, but it does feel so 19, like desperate to love. We're going to grow old together. It's you and me forever. And I'm taking your jacket off, but the rest of your clothes will stay on. (laughs) I really like Electric Touch. I think it's a bop. Um, I I think the name of it does sound very Christian rock friendly, Electric Mm -hmm. Touch. But when Patrick Stump started singing, I burst out laughing. (laughs) We did not. I don't think we needed him on the song. And I love love me some Fall Out Boy, Mm -hmm. but no. Because also his voice, it's like, which is actually he does kind of sound like a christian rocker himself so it was like we actually found this guy who wears he's like kind of grunge he like wears flannels but like in a way that's not lumberjack and he's gonna sing some songs about jesus for you and you're like yeah he he is he's gonna play the guitar at the same time as well oh my god that would actually be a fun game to compare like 2000s rock bands with Christian rock bands and see if you can tell the difference because like just physically yeah, just based on their look oh wait that's oh just like show pictures just like were pictures. they religious or yeah. not 
because I, I mean, I'm not sure I could do it. Okay, write it down for our next live show. Okay. I don't know what Reliant K looks like. I have no, no idea. I feel Although like that's kind of a trick question because people don't know that they were religious. So but. was Creed, apparently? Oh, I knew that. Oh. Yeah, Take Me Higher. Right, is that Creed? Can't even take, take me higher. Yeah, so, and yeah. Switchfoot. That's the other one that people like didn't seem to know. And it was like, we were meant to live for, for so, so much, much more. more. Have we lost ourselves? Like, come on. Dare you to move. That so, is so religious. Switchfoot Speak Now story. When I went to see the Speak Now tour in Phoenix, Arizona. Ugh. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Lived my best life. She was like really in her bag of bringing out artists to like come at every show and do a song. And she brought out Switchfoot at my show. And Taylor, 19-year-old Taylor Swift and Switchfoot saying, dare you to move together. It was so weird. I was just like, yay, enchanted. Yay, dresses. This is so fun. Oh, my gosh, story of us. And then all of a sudden, it's like, dare you to move. Well, I I did not go to the Speak Now tour, but I did recently watch it on the internet. And that thing is so glee-coded. Oh, my goodness. She plays, oh, my gosh, what is the... um, what is the mashup she does on the ukulele? Hazel Sister. It's Hazel Sister. I'm yours. Yes. Right. I think so. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's Soul Sister Fearless. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like do we do we need to talk about Speak Now and how it's extremely good girl delusional fantasy of a song? Oh, the actual song. The yeah. actual song. Yeah. Yes. Well, she's like, I'm hiding in the bushes. She's like, I'm hiding in the curtains, and I'm going to pop out, and you're going to come home with me at your own wedding. I love it. I, I love, love it. Theatrics. I, it is, um, my friend put it the best way. Her tours are, like, especially her early tours and that tour. There's, like, a newsie who tap dances. Like, yes. there's so much <laughs> going on. And she's like, oh, they get, it's a theater kid with money. It's a theater kid living her dream with money. And I really respect that. And I think sometimes you forget that Taylor Swift is at her core a theater kid who didn't get to live her like theater dream. That's why she was like, I'm going to do Cats. Anyway, I really respect that about her. No, that tour is so high school. The, the bell, she pops out of a bell and bangs it. Um, <laughs> yes. Mean is like a country song, mm-hmm. and suddenly she's like, "Actually, it's gonna be Broadway. It's gonna the parents gonna be themed Broadway, and we're gonna change outfits." It's mm-hmm. like very bright star. Mean is very bright star because it's everyone's in yeah. these like little dresses, and yeah. they're all playing banjo. It's oh, incredible. Yeah, I speak now. I was also thinking, speak now is like low key, like not nice to women, <laughs> like just as much as better than revenge. She's it's very mean about the girl he's marrying and her family and everything. Oh, yes. It's essentially like I write scenes, not tragedies. Yeah. There's snotty little bridesmaids all dressed in pastels. Yeah. Wearing a dress shaped like a pastry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just what's a that wedding even dress. me? Yeah. <laughs> wedding we, dresses are just poofy, Taylor. We, we don't know why he shouldn't be with her either. Basically, she's just like, I decided. I want to crash your wedding and yeah. you're going to run off with me. Um, who is this woman he's supposed to get married to? Maybe she was a nice girl and just has that mm-hmm. ugly dress. Yeah, she she is judging her on her style alone. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all have a stylist. Well, they made, especially like in the tour and I think in the video, they made her seem like she like came, she was Satan herself, this poor bride. And I was like, but when you listen to the song, you know what it no is? No indication. It's a reverse Hallmark movie. It's mm. girl. Or no, yeah. So instead of the small town 
girl married to the corporate lawyer who has no heart. It's the other way around. The You make the woman seem so bad that, of course, he'll go home with you at the wedding. And we don't think about it. Wow. Also, she was 19. Were her friends getting married? Yeah. <laughs> A <laughs> were, great were question. Were you crashing weddings? No, she was just watching The Notebook. Yeah. Over. Yeah, it, it, this a lot of this album is like I'm reading romance, I'm watching romance, and like that's what I envision for myself. Which like I did the same thing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I do love. I remember when Speak Now this song came out, and it's like very acousticy. I was very much like I love indie music. Like Taylor's going indie, <laughs> which like now it is not indie at all. It's that's just so funny. A, a part of that time where I was like, wow. Mean. Well, Mean felt very indie because it's like yeah this is like raw this is like this is she's just like a girl in her guitar like (laughs) (laughs) i'll be living in a big old city i also didn't know until so i have listened to that there's a podcast called every uh every single album taylor swift yes and um the people who do it she's a journalist and he's um like a former music person like I think, I don't know. I'm just like totally going to butcher this. My sister's going to fact check me. My sister is constantly texting us like, you got this fact wrong. Um, <laughs> but he like was the CEO of like Ticketmaster or something. Not Ticketmaster. Because Live that's Nation maybe. Yeah, His yes. His name's Nathan. Yes, yeah, yeah, Becca's yeah. Live Nation. sister fact check. Yeah. Um, I think his yes, name was Nathan. Nathan. I listened Nathan to that Hubbard, podcast too. Right? Yes, Nathan yeah, Hubbard. Yes. I love him, by the way. He seems like <laughs> the great. nicest man on earth. Um, but anyway, great podcast. Everyone should check it out and fact check my claims. Um, but... He was saying that that song is about a music critic. And I had no idea. Like, I just, I mean, I feel like that is like the world before TikTok is you just get in your head what a song is about. And then that's what it's about to you. And I was just like, oh, it's about high school bullies. Like, that's what the song is about, high school bullies. And they said she couldn't sing, but she showed them she's Taylor Swift now. And then I like listening to this podcast and it's like this deep lore about this person who wrote a thing about how she doesn't sing her own songs and like she's auto-tuned and she has a bad voice and all this stuff and I was like I never knew this that this was about a grown man writing reviews about her that she didn't like yeah it was her first strike back at the critics yeah uh and I I love that she's like they say I can't sing and like I'm bad at live performances and then she gets just so um I don't even know the word like fun whiny like and a liar and pathetic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't sing, so I'm not going to. I'm going to sing, talk gonna, the rest of the song. I'm going to sing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about in Mean too, how she's like, someday I'll be big enough so you can't hit me. And I'm like, oh, like that's, that's oh, good girl gone sad is to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'll achieve this thing one day. But right now I'm still stinky and like I have to accomplish all these things until I even find my own self-worth. Well, also, but it is cute when she does it like, and a liar. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that she, it is actually really sad to think about the fact that she thought if she got famous enough, she would be untouchable because, mm-hmm. like, she clearly takes things personally even now. And mm-hmm. she's, like, the most famous. And I don't know. Midnight's taught us that she still gets her little feelings hurt. And she reads what we say on the internet. And maybe she'll listen to this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe she will. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. I love you. And Joey really King, really I love you, too. I love <laughs> you, Joey King. <laughs> and both Taylor Lautners. We love <laughs> you love well. you. We love the Taylors Lautners. <laughs> we Taylors. are all kind of mean Taylors version coded. Do you guys feel that way living in New York? A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. I'll be living, living in a big, in a big old, old city. city. Yeah. That was definitely something I 
dreamed of back then. I don't know if it, if I thought I'm going to live in a big city and no one's going to bully me, but yeah. that was definitely like a dream. And yeah, she just spoke to that. Yeah. I took it more as like, I'll move to a big city and like find my people kind of thing. Cause I was like, I'm just not, I'm too big for this small yeah. town. Yeah. And I was like, it's, it's your fault. You're not big enough for me kind of thing. Yeah. I definitely, this attitude that she had in the first couple albums, especially of like, it made me feel justified for being like, I'm going to leave. And like, this isn't, y'all are going to go to school here and you're going to stay here forever. And that's fine for you, but I'm bigger and better, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, that's why I took mean that way. Not even that like people were mean to me in high school, just that it was like, oh, I'm going to be living in a big city. I've said I'm moving to New York since I was eight. And like, you're going to live in the neighborhood we grew up in, you know? And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Y'all have beautiful homes. And right, like I don't own a home, so. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift is a good girl enabler. Yeah, she yeah. totally she is. She really is. Because, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I and I am, in fact, better than these people. They said one rude thing to me once. She, this, famously, the best diss that's ever gotten to me is, uh, it was free dress day, because I went to school with the uniform, and there was free dress day, like, once a month every Friday. And I wore this ensemble from the children's place it was jeans with a like velvet purple racing stripe down the side purple for speak now purple for speak now (laughs) i was not a really big taylor fan growing up and i have like i didn't uh, reputation i was like that's kind of fun um (laughs) but also i was like she's kind of naughty i also was like what is she so mad about that was how i felt (laughs) about reputation because i didn't follow that much i was like why is she she's really mad um but the outfit yes jeans with the purple velvet racing stripe a purple velvet bell sleeve top and a faux fur vest with like suede on the outside and then on the inside and on the inside it was like the fur and it was purple as well and one of my classmates said so you're the panic at the disco (gasps) it's like a really good it's a really good bird it's a really good bird and where are they now well i don't know where she is but i am pretty (laughs) confident she I don't know if this was true, but she always bragged about being a direct descendant of Robert E. Lee. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. That okay. tracks. Um, so anyway, I don't know if she's listening and I don't even really want to say her name. But um, I remember being like that actually put me into a movie because I was like, bullies bully. Like it was it was like a shocking. It was a shocking burn. Um, and so my mean she was she was like my bully and mean but yeah. she was barely bullying me she was kind of just like an incredible poet really at the end yeah, of the day does she now write for saturday that's night live yeah I need, to, I need to double check what she's up to mm-hmm. but um another time i had gone to la and i came back and i was like talking about going to universal studios she's like you don't need to rub it in her face like lotion and she's always had these one-liners oh and she honestly go girl yeah she needs to get a bfa and, or like an mfa in poetry or something yeah but yeah. um she's a character from a kid's show like, she was literally who has that dialogue i know i think that she was she watching was written by a 40 year old man she <laughs> was, she was, yeah she was like i think she wanted to be on nickelodeon like wanted to act and i was just a little girl with head, a headband and braids my hair had to be out of my face um like two double braids but 
Yeah. So shout out to her. Thank you for giving me the fodder to be like, well, I'm going to be New York City. Yeah. All you are is mean. Yeah. That's my comedian origin story. <laughs> that I she was had a sick burn and I didn't have a comeback. So. Oh, so you're the panic at the disco. And I, I it's like ing- it's it's seared in my That's brain like forever. so good. I want to put that in a pilot. <laughs> I might That's mine. Like, actually, I'm the victim. <laughs> Sorry? I said I might make that a thing. Yeah. You're the panic at the That's disco. That's like actually so good. I love that. I also love you don't have to rub that in our faces like lotion. Yeah. Like, wow. She really put me in my place. Yeah. So shout out to the person who I went to school with whose last name was Lee, if you can infer that, and then you can get figured out from there. I mean, I, I infer that. I have to give my props to Mean because Taylor couldn't. Uh, openly endorse the LGBTQ community as a country star, but in the music video, she has uh, a little boy who might be gay who just likes fashion magazines. And then at the end, he moves to a big old city and works for a fashion magazine. It was very mm-hmm. um, gay-friendly coded. So it, I think that meant a lot to me back then too. And I was ready. I was like, I'm going to leave my small town like this guy. I don't want to work in fashion, but I'm going to have big dreams. My small town. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. <laughs> One of the, like the sixth largest my city in the country. And I was like, yeah, it's small town, small town. I do think like there's something, I, there's a small, like I've come from a small town mindset and it's not even like that your ha- town has to be small because my, t- like I didn't come from a sm- small town. I came from a small city, but like that's lame. You yeah. know, you don't want to be like when I'm in small city, North Carolina, it has like, a population of 200,000. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, are there any um, ones we haven't touched? So when Emma falls in love, castles crumbling yeah. and foolish one. Yes. Okay. When Emma falls in love, mm-hmm. I think. I want to know everyone's favorite vault song, but I think that one's my favorite. It's very cute, very mm-hmm. sweet. I like to imagine it's about Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like what everyone's imagining. Yeah. The rumor's also Kieran Culkin. Yeah. I did. Did I, they date? Yeah, they did. They dated around this time. I, I For me, in my little Spider-Man heart, uh, it's about Andrew. Emma and Andrew. Yeah. But it could be Emma and Kieran. I mean, he's... He's kind of come back around since succession. I, I'll, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so cute and lyrical and maybe a little fruity. Sometimes I wish I was her. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I also th- the way that the lyric sounds, it doesn't, it's a kind of like, wish I was with her. It almost sounds like <laughs> with. That's, I saw, did you send me that TikTok? No. Oh, okay. I watched a TikTok that was like, um, uh, it was talking about how, oh my gosh, now I'm not even... In the other song where there's the rhyme and it should be never knew how much I missed ya, but it should be her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then everybody's like, this was a song about Carly Kloss and then she changed the lyric. Sorry also for the intonation on that lyric. It was not my best work. Um, but yeah, so people were saying that like there's space for saying wish I was with her and then she like took that out like I wish I was her. Yeah. And so a lot of people are speculating that maybe that song is about her having a crush on Emma Stone and then she changed it. I don't know. Oh, I think it is. I, I've not had the queer experience, but it's like watching your friend fall in love and then wishing you were hurt. That feels quite gay. It's like, oh, she's pacing <laughs> around her room. Like you're picturing her in her room thinking about someone she loves. Ooh. But also, I did write pacing our anxious queen. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Larry's just like, she's pacing around the room. She's wondering when the next thing is coming. And I was like, oh, she has an anxious attachment style. Um, and also, speaking of growing up in a small town, she's Cleopatra in a small town. So she was mm-hmm. too big for her town. Yes. Like, this song is very good girl coded. Um, and like thinking you're chosen for greatness. Little Miss Sunshine, always happy, but on the inside, she's anxious. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. That song is really sweet. Like, I if really it, like it. I mean, especially if it is just like about her friend and like observing her. It's it's very sweet and like shows that Taylor's probably a really good friend to her. And like, I don't know. I just, I was thinking about when, like when you're in high school or college or let's be real after college and your like good friend starts dating somebody and you're like, <sighs> Like, you're going to be busy now with your boyfriend and I'm just here. And yeah. like, I feel like that that is always my that was always my reaction <laughs> to people like starting to date somebody. And so to her for her to just be like, look how happy she is. And she's so sweet. And like, you know, she deserves the world. I was like, this is so kind. I love it. It takes like the cynicism out of the relationship, like how we look at other people's relationships now. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm just like, okay, well, you guys are either going to get married or break up. Good luck. Um, But yeah, she's just like, oh, when Emma falls in love, she makes everything better. Mm -hmm. And I I like the way she loves. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Kind of queer. I I was like, I'm not. It's sweet. sweet. The only thing that I did think, though, is that if it's about Emma Stone, if they're really good friends, wouldn't she call her Emily? Because that's her name. Good point. <laughs> Too many syllables, right? Yeah, that's true. When, when Emily, Emily falls in love. If she still has this own accent, when Emily falls in love. <laughs> when Emily falls in love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was I, I do think it's a very cute song. And like, I don't know. I would be flattered if it was about funny. me. I'd be like, oh, she's upset. I know, but, but I also think it's funny if Kieran and Colkin is out, lo- out there like, huh, I got a Tyler Swift song about me. Yeah. <laughs> Good all for the, me. Uh, I feel like the, the lyric, all the bad boys would be good boys if they only got a chance yes. to love her. Oh very I can make struggle. the bad guys good for a weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another very good girl lyric. It yeah. was like, because I'm actually so pure that I'm going to turn all these bad guys. They're going to change their lifestyle for me because I can what? Fix him. Yeah, for her to say that about her friend is interesting, though, because I feel like I would say that about myself when I was younger. Like, well, he's like a bad boy, but like, I'm so like pure that he will be good with me. But I feel like my friends were like, no, he's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. He's a bad person. They're they're delusional (laughs) together. That's why they're friends. That's true. Yeah. And that's why they're that's why they're famous. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah. You got to be delusional to be famous. It's interesting because they, I guess they were good friends around this time because they're both like, it's like quirky-ish teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And then I think they, I don't know if they ever stopped being friends, but you didn't see them hang out for a long time. Yeah. And then Emma Stone went to the Airs tour a few months ago. So I wonder if they rekindled their friendship because Taylor's like, hey, I wrote this song about you. Um, your, your name's in it. And uh, <laughs> you want to be friends again? Come to my <laughs> tour. Can I release it? Well, maybe. Maybe when Emma Stone became really good friends with Jennifer Lawrence, Taylor was jealous. Mm. It's happened before. What do we think happened with Carly Claus? <laughs> it all comes back to Carly. Comes back to Carly. I was like, and I was like, I want to be like, I'm not a gayler, but this song is gay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And we'll never know. And it makes me really, it makes me like anxious to think about whatever happened with Carly. Cause I'm like, I think it was so devastating to not like 
most of your life you share with people. Some of it you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it changed her. Whatever happened, like, yeah. all of her changed, like, Midnight Rain. That's for sure. Yeah. It's it's funny because, like, the, the 1989 tour movie even has, like, Carly Cam. And it's like, hey, I'm Taylor's yeah. best friend Carly. I'm going to give you a tour around, like, the, the set and backstage. Just me and Lena Dunham, three girls hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, so weird because even from, like, a – from a, a media or like a creative mindset, why would we just have a supermodel give a tour of yeah. backstage? She, she has no connection to the music, to the industry, mm-hmm. but she did. So she know. must have meant something. I hate that I'm so fascinated about <laughs> celebrities' personal lives. Like I'm like, are her and Emma Stone still friends? What happened with mm-hmm. Carly, uh, Taylor Lautner? I, I guess they're good now, but like, how did that go about? Has John Mayer listened to the album? Mm-hmm. What was their final goodbye? Just these things we're never going to know the answers to. Oh, I That also, I'd love to think about. There's like a rumor that she and Harry Styles have like recorded style. Oh, is that was that what the rumor? I saw something about like people like Harry Styles said something that like made it seem like he still like kind of carried a flame for her or something. But maybe that was all about re-recording style. I think it was, yeah. Cause cause I, that would be great that would be great because well, doesn't he own it or something like he there's a version that he owns i don't know okay no. if carson's carson's furrowing his brow so i don't know what i'm talking I about if carson doesn't know then it's we not spread real so much misinformation <laughs> we really <laughs> do i think style featuring harry styles is just wishful thinking but if taylor Lautner, but taylor Lautner last night did a backflip on like, the Aaron's tour, tour stage anything is possible anything carson is possible. mr back to december himself did a back flip Everything's always flipping. Back I'm back flip in December all the time. One question I have is why is Taylor Lautner so good at flipping? Because I saw the TikToks of like him from Shark Boy doing the like he was doing like a full. Like, was he a cheerleader? Was he a competitive cheerleader? I, I think or he, gymnast. I think he like did a bunch of stunt training. Cause he what what it because like martial arts right I think he like because he literally does a round off back handspring into a full in um that movie they were in together in Valentine's Day. Day oh Valentine's Day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so his backflip I was like mm, he's slipping well he's also <laughs> just doing a backflip <laughs> just doing a backflip although I thought about it and I, everyone's like making fun of him I was like tell me if you could do a backflip you're not gonna get on the air store stage and do a backflip like I do a cartwheel every time I'm at the beach every time I'm walking down the street just for I did a hot, hot I did a cartwheel with the hot dog eating contest at Pony <laughs> Island. I'm oh, like, if I could do a backflip, I would do it every time I had a time. sip of alcohol. Like, I, I'd uh, be like, stand back. <laughs> every time I had a sip of kombucha. Yeah. It was like, oh, my morning tea. Time to, like, if you can do that kind of thing, there is, like, no greater way to express your joy. And I I feel him so deeply for doing the backflip. And he was just like, yeah. And it seemed, he said it wasn't planned. And I was like, I bet you it wasn't. But you thought about it. He was just overtaken he was mm-hmm. overtaken with excitement in his polo shirt and slacks <laughs> well l- let's be real taylor lautner not the world's greatest actor no okay very beautiful to look at in twilight i loved it i loved him in valentine's day um when he tried to spin out of that and become an action movie star i don't know if you guys ever saw oh my gosh I, i'm forgetting the name now he, had, he basically had a movie, an action movie, where he was the lead. Yeah, I, I think I watched it, it with my brother. Yeah, he finds out, like, he was adopted or, like, his picture somewhere. He goes on this crazy, thrilling adventure. Long story short, his acting was terrible. Yeah. Um, but his flips were great. And so 
I think that's kind of all I want from Taylor Lautner. So mm-hmm. I hope he keeps slipping. Well, and don't don't the Taylors Lautner have a podcast together? The Taylors Lautners have a podcast. So together, like, yeah. I mean, not saying that this is all for clout because I do think there's like a sweet little like friendship there. So, you know, I don't know why I'm like <laughs> disclaimer Taylor Lautner if you're listening, but I feel like doing a backflip at the Eras Tour is gonna get you more buzz than just being there. Yeah. So. True. Part of me is like, maybe he was like, you know, let's let's take this up a notch. Let's do a backflip. He went viral before Speak Now, Taylor's version came out. I, I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok of him, like, praying for you, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how? Why? why Call an weird? ambulance, yeah. but not for me. <laughs> I saw a lot of those where it was like everybody just listening to the album, like, am I going to get burned on this one? Am I going to get burned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I think, okay, favorite vault song. Mine's when Emma falls in love. Which are yours? Um, yeah, I think I can see you is probably my favorite, which I feel like is a cliche answer, but I really love it. I think when Emma falls in love is like my favorite, but I will be listening to when I can see you the most. Yeah, I can see that that that's like the re-listenability. You could just like put that on and listen to it over and over and over again. Do a backflip. Do a backflip. <laughs> It's very um Carly Rae Jepsen kind of sounding. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a style we've never heard from her. So I'm interested, like, whenever she releases the album After Midnight's, um, who knows? Because she's on tour, like, for the next... 14 years? 14 years. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if that's, like, a style she's going to yeah. play in because it sounds really fun. Really I and it fits, it fits her very well, too. I think it's... Groovy. It's groovy, mm-hmm. understandable. Like... I, I want her to sing that with Harry Styles, and they're both just like play little guitars, like do 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 da 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 da. And then once again, it is exactly as horny as I felt in high school. And I think it's just such a specific moment in time of like this is as naughty as I'll let myself be. <laughs> you know, um, it kind of, it's definitely cooler, but bop wise reminds me of Message in a Bottle, which like I just unapologetically yes. love that yes. song and i like i feel like when i fir- when that album first came out i was like i love message in a bottle and then the internet was like if you like message in a bottle you're lame like <laughs> it's just like a stupid song and i was like yeah it is stupid or no. is it message in a bottle is fun <laughs> it just it's makes me lame. happy and i think i can see you just makes me happy and i love a song that just makes me happy which is why carly ray jepson like it makes 10 me out of 10 it makes me want to learn how to drive so i can drive in a convertible down a highway listening to I Can See You. Mm. And hold mm-hmm. chiffon. Exactly. With exactly. Like you, you get it, Carson. Yeah, you get it. Things. You know what? Silk chiffon, actually, another song that gives me that same feeling. It's just a warm feeling inside. I want to listen to it all the time. It makes me happy. No notes. Yeah, she did what she had to there. Mm-hmm. I also really, it's not my favorite, but I really liked Foolish One. I think mm-hmm. it's cute. Yeah. Uh, Stop checking the mailbox. That's a little weird to me. I don't know why she's waiting by the mailbox, but I like the idea of it being like, girl, you want love too bad. You want it so much, yeah. and you need to stop wanting it so hard, okay? It's, it's very nostalgic, too. She, she's, so, she's still so nostalgic, but I feel like she's especially— so sentimental, yeah. so nostalgic. What two things, yeah. once again, are very good girl coded. And especially when you're younger, and I mean, her life was very exciting by this point, so maybe this isn't true for her, but like, I feel like when I was younger and my life wasn't that exciting, mm-hmm. it like helped to romanticize in those ways where you're like, what if it was a Nicholas Sparks movie? Or like, what if <laughs> it was war? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like thinking about all those scenarios. So I feel like that like rings a bell of how I used to think about love. 
Do we need to talk about Enchanted then, real quick? Oh, that's actually one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever. I ever. love Enchanted. I love it. Please don't be in love with someone else. Uh, about Owl City. About Owl City. As, as one crushes, I guess. Sure, um, yeah. I, I really liked the new Enchanted. I, I think it sounds very mm-hmm. similar to the original in yeah. like the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Just like better vocals, crisp, just lovely. Yeah. I feel like the lyrics, it's very as well. Like, it was enchanting to meet you. Yeah. It's it's also, it's kind of like living history park yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well. Like, oh, our hands like brush and I'm like, it feels like in the back of a carriage, you know? It's like a sequel to Love Story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is like a sequel to Love Story. Has that been determined? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I was just thinking enchanted. It feels that way, yeah. Similar vibe. The word wonderstruck. Yeah. And then she had the wonderstruck perfume. The perfume. <laughs> Capitalism queen. Mm-hmm. Uh I remember when the album first came out, I like trying to use that in like conversations and like, <laughs> what was it? Like seventh grade, yeah. eighth grade. <laughs> Be like, wow, I'm so wonderstruck. And they're like, Carson, <laughs> no one uses that word. That you're, third you're Harry Potter movie, now. I love feeling wonderstruck. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love, yeah. I think Enchanted is one of her best songs and I'm glad now that we can stream it uh, ethically. ethically. Yeah. Um, that being said, some of the I, I don't know how you guys feel about the re-recordings. Obviously, I understand why she's doing with her masters, um, but some of the new versions don't always hit as good yeah. as the old ones do. Yeah, and I know. sparks Hard. sparks fly for me. I think didn't slap the same way. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's just something about her like less trained voice that really like just like like scratches my brain mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just is so like in sparks fly is one of those songs yeah. like hit me with those green na-. like that mm-hmm. is like how i sing it like a little bit screechy like in the car and i just it, part of me is like i want you to be worse at singing like she's too Stop good at good. singing <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i think the original fearless is better because yeah. she's just mm-hmm. like you take my hand and drag me head first <laughs> it's yeah. like head fir- fearless. fearless yeah it's like that like kind of tinny quality that she had yeah which like i totally get that like it's she's probably bad for her voice as right. well and she like it's probably bad for her voice. Yeah. she's yeah. definitely like her range is crazy now like she's so improved her vocals it's really super impressive but i think sometimes i miss just like that sound that i got so used to a little unhinged a little unhinged. and she's a little bit more like calm now. that yeah. is true yeah i think never grow up sounded really good yeah. from her older voice now it actually makes more sense yeah. yeah i saw something on tiktok that was like all the millennial moms out there falling apart over never grow up and i was like i didn't really think about that that like when that song came out Probably the people listening to it were... I mean, I didn't like that song. I was just like, this is boring. Like, yeah. why does she have to have a song like this on every album? <laughs> but... It's like, like you're 19. Stop acting like you're 45. Right. Right. I was like, I don't want to think about this. But now it's like, I don't know. I guess a, I a whole a generation... <laughs> yeah, a whole generation like has children and is looking at them like, oh, you're slipping through my fingers. You're growing up so yeah. fast. Like that whole thing. That song always made me cry as a what, 13 year old yeah. boy because you ever like um you know the seats where it's like me crying thinking about my dog the fact my dog's gonna die one day or like yeah. me crying thinking about the fact my mom's gonna die one day it was very yes. much that yeah. very much like taylor being like guys one day your parents are gonna die tell them you love them and that 
is what my little emotional brain mm-hmm. loves. My to. my story with that is: Have you seen Rugrats in Paris? Yes. <laughs> Not um, lately, but but you know, but you know the um. I want a mom that'll last forever. I can't believe Carson's singing this. No one else knows this. Song. Yes. But I saw it in theaters, and I looked at my mom, and I went. Are you gonna last forever? (laughs) (laughs) So matter of fact, she went. No, no one does, and I and that was like my first brush with mortality, (laughs) and I had to be removed from the theater. I had a panic attack. I sobbed. I I had to be taken out of Rugrats in Paris. (laughs) I had a lot of sobbing over my parents potentially die. I actually, this is a thing I still think. You still think about. I'm actually still like now. It's like well, if I have kids. What if something happens to them? That's my new panic attack. Like these children who don't exist. I'm not yeah. even in the process of trying to have, but I'm like, if I have a kid, they could get hurt. <laughs> like something could happen. I literally couldn't babysit because of the same yeah. thing. I was like, I'm going to poison this child. I'm going to poison this child. And then I'm going to go, and then I'm going to go to jail. I was very concerned about, I'm mm-hmm. still very concerned about yeah. jail. Oh my God. Soon you'll get better when she says, um, like, who am I supposed to talk to? What am I supposed to do if there's no you? Oh my God. Mm. Kills me. Kills me. Part of Taylor's good girl, gone sad codedness is her love for her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it totally that's is. Such a yeah. And Emma Stone's apparently. And Emma, and Emma Stone. And yeah. her mom. Emma Stone's mom's mentioned on the mm-hmm. album as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like I think I've listened to Bigger Than the Whole Sky twice all the way through. And I was oh. like, okay, never again. I'm actually, I'm no. good. No, I can't. I'm good. We, yeah. The internet, I feel like, has had to turn that song into a meme to process it. Yeah. Yep, true. Like, <laughs> so true. Like when I, I ice cream falls off my coat, and I'll be like, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and then That's I listen fun. to the rest of it. I'm like, oh, wait, actually, no, this is really sad, and I need to be alone. Just thinking about that song just now is making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on? Yeah. Yes. Well, okay, I want to know, Carson, do you, and like no pressure, there's no right or wrong answer, but do you have thoughts on what is maybe the most good girl coded album of Taylor Swift's? I feel like it's fearless, mm. but I, I, I know earlier you said you think Speak Now. Isn't that good girl gone sad? Code? The more we've oh. talked about it, the more I'm like, maybe. I, I think it's the most like accurate of the Good Girl Gone Sad mindset. Like yeah. every it's single it's song feels like it's good a girl way I've going really sad. Yes. Yeah. Like she's Good Girl and Taylor Swift. What self titled debut, whatever debut. you want to call it, debut, debut, debut. debut. In the debut album, <laughs> she's Good Girl. Taylor Swift debut. And then I feel like Fearless Speak Now are going, and then like Red, you start to be like sad. I think with all too well, maybe that's still going. I also think like you need to calm down and lover is very like, um, I'm actually, I've made a choice. I'm standing up for something. Um, that is all of that feels very good girl gone sad to me. And then folklore and evermore are just sad. Yeah, just sad. So sad. So sad. I know. But we all go through like a nesting cottagey phase. Yeah. I guess <laughs> well, no, I didn't. It's, I, it's I'm not. Na- it's our nap dress phase. It, it is. It's a. It's a Hill House home yeah. brought to you by. Yeah. It's me going upstate for a day. That's mm-hmm. my folklore. <laughs> it's like the season of fall. Yeah. It's actually no. It's actually just being on the Hudson Line train. That yeah. is folklore. Yeah. Um. Or going north only. Um. Yeah. So you think? Do you have a definitive answer? I. You know what? For the sake of today, I'm gonna say speak now. Taylor's version because 
there's some sadness in it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good girl. And I think just that era, like 2010, like the style she was wearing and mm-hmm. uh, her th- theatrical productions and the mean music video and the mind music video. Yeah. The, all the pictures hanging. Um, and then like the heartbreak of Dear John. Mm-hmm. Like it very much speaks to all of that. Love it that. speaks now. It does speak <laughs> now. As she does when she says you're a liar and pathetic and alone in life. <laughs> she speaks now. <laughs> she speaks now. Okay, well, we have a silly little game for you if you'd like to play. I would love to. What's the name of the game? We're calling it the Good Girl Showdown. And okay. we're going to read two lyrics and you can pick which one has stronger good girl power. Okay. Am I picking? Can we define the term? Good yeah, girl so gone sad. What what does that mean? It's to really you? whatever it's you think. Okay. Yeah, it's the vibe. I would say like um, all the things we've been talking about of like nostalgia and like anxiety, performativeness, like feeling like you're religious not in trauma. the place where you belong. Yeah, religious okay. drama. There's actually less religious undertones in this album than some of the other ones. I was realizing. Oh, for sure. Because there's, she still says, like, I'm praying for you to come home and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. there's less of, like, the overt, like, crumpled up piece of paper lying here kind of stuff, which I thought was interesting. But Yeah, even to her, like, later albums, this one's yeah. less religious. Mm-hmm. But Well, it's funny because Dear John, that really messed her up. And then on Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, she says, you're a, a crisis of my faith. Yeah, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda. Like Midnight is very, there's a lot of religious references throughout. Okay, yeah. showdown. I'm yes. ready. Okay, number one. These are both from When Emma Falls in Love. So the first lyric is, and all the bad boys would be good girl, good boys, if <laughs> all the bad boys would be good, good girl, girls, good boys, if they only had a chance to love her, versus when Emma falls apart, it's when she's alone. Ooh. I'm going to have to go with uh, when Emma falls or when when Emma it? falls apart it's when she's it's alone. when she's alone yeah. yeah I know I think so too when I saw that one I was like oh because I, I love the bad boys good boys but I know we all fall apart when we're alone let's be real yeah yeah but it's like never <laughs> let anybody see you never let anyone see you cry but then have a quarterly mental breakdown yeah. I, I hadn't thought about this lyric but Carson was just I, I was like yeah and Carson just like caught me in my <laughs> like a really <laughs> sad moment <laughs> 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 when sad like, right now I was like oh gosh yeah and I was like thinking about all the implications but now we're gonna move on to number two okay and she thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name with things or oh they didn't teach you that in prep school so it's up to me both from better than revenge Ooh. And she thinks I'm psycho because I'd like That's to rhyme yeah. her name with things. I think, I think it's that one. I think she thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name with yeah. things. Yeah. The other one to me was like some element of that like, well, I know what's best because I'm a Christian. So I will teach you how to be a good person. Very. But I do think she thinks I'm psycho because I like to rhyme her name yeah. with things. I mean. And maybe you. Oh, I don't know. I had mean names for people. Right? Right. But she's like, <laughs> she's like, it's so weird that she thinks I'm crazy because I'm like oh, actively yeah. writing songs about her. And I'm like, yeah, Taylor, maybe, maybe it's take a, a moment bad. to think Ooh. about it. One thought I did have was like, Camilla is hard to rhyme. My roommate has said this. She's like, I, she's like, I need to know what she was rhyming Camilla with. <laughs> so I think it, I like the literal interpretation of it, but I think it was just like a, 
a reference to her writing songs. Like mm. I remember her name of things like just mm. that I, she writes. You don't songs. think it's Camilla Bobilla Banana? I would love to imagine that Taylor Swift met Camilla Bell on the set of the Lugbug video. Love <laughs> and she was like Camilla Bella Bobella Bobella <laughs> And then, that's literally so <laughs> funny and actually like you're 100 percent right that that's definitely it but i this is the first time i've ever thought of it that <laughs> way i always thought she was like camilla man killer like what you know like what was she coming up with to that, call her that's actually one of the better ones i've heard Thank camilla man killer <gasps> thanks so much <laughs> <laughs> okay my album's coming out soon um number three these are both from mine. You okay. made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter versus you learn my secrets and you figure out why I'm guarded. It's got to be you made a rebel of a careless yeah. man's careful daughter. What a line. Ugh. What, what a, line. a line. I know. And Andrew's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, roast him. Yeah. <laughs> are her parents together? No, they're no? separated. Okay, that's what I thought. That's one line when in that song where she's like, we'll never make my parents mistake. I know. In this In this new version, I was like, Oh, she still feels it. Like, she's still standing by that one. Yeah. Well, also imagine, like, being her parents, maybe happily married at that time, listening to her say that, and you're like, oh, is our relationship bad? Right. <laughs> They'd be like, um, girl, you should be grateful. You're a yeah. <laughs> country superstar. Also, how careless do you think he is? Like, careless with feelings? I mean, he, he has a pretty important job. It's. I always thought... In, like, a nice way, he's, like, a silly, goofy guy. He's, like, mm. careless man. So she's, like, super careful. And, like, I took it from, like, an anxiety kind of, like, she sees him as, instead of careless, maybe more carefree mm. is, like, the mm -hmm. nice way to interpret it, I think. Um, and you made a rebel of, like, you made a rebel out of a good girl. You have altered her brain chemistry mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or, like, just in the sense that, a lot of times we're not like we try very actively to not be like our parents. So yeah. if she sees her father is careless. She's like, I'm very careful. We probably like over her brother and such as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Austin. I think that's great. I think it's one of those lyrics. You don't you just so many ways to interpret it. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. love story. You were Rome, you were Romeo, Romeo. I was a scarlet letter. What does that mean? Does that relate to Romeo and Juliet at all? No, it's the crucible. But <laughs> she it's scarlet pimp. It's the Scarlet Pimpernel. Nope, that's a video. <laughs> <laughs> what? Scarlet Pimpernel. What is um, that? So the Scarlet Letter is from the book, The Scarlet Letter. <laughs> Isn't the Scarlet Letter the Crucible? Am it's I not crazy? the Crucible. Oh, not the Crucible. It's not the Crucible, no. It's, it's the, Scarlet the Scarlet Letter, which is what EZA is based off of. The A is for adulterer. Yes. Emma Stone. Okay. Yeah. It all comes back to Emma. No, and I it think it's the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> You've never heard of the Scarlet Pimpernel? No. no. Okay. All I know is it's very clear Taylor Swift took ninth grade English and then moved out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She was like, I actually read Romeo and Juliet and the Scarlet Letter. So Hester, Hester Prynne. That's all I need. Okay. The novel is set during the reign of terror following the start of the French Revolution. The title is... Uh, the nom de guerre of its hero and protagonist, a chivalrous Englishman who rescues aristocrats, aristocrats before, <laughs> before they are all sent to the guillotine. Sir Percy Blankley leads a double life, apparently nothing more than a wealthy fop, but in reality, a formidable swordsman and a quick-thinking master of disguise and escape artist. The band of gentlemen who assist him are the only ones who know his secret identity. He is known by his symbol, a simple flower, the Scarlet Pimpernel. And it's also, it's Can a play. Can you spell that? Pimpernel? Yeah. yeah. 
P-I-M-P-E-R-N-E-L. I've never heard that word. Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet it's Pimpernel. a flower. Oh. So it's a, the play is Scarlet Pimpernel. You guys thought I just made up Pimpernel. You thought I was. That's what I was like. Okay, I thought maybe it was like a mouth moving faster than brain type situation, <laughs> which I am known for. <laughs> which, oh, I okay. Well, moving on to number four. Number four. Uh, someday I'll be living in a big old city, and all you're ever gonna be is mean. Versus. You have pointed out my flaws again as if I don't already see them. It's very hard to say when you Actually, sing one. Th- <laughs> when I sing say, one. Yeah, you don't sing both of them. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> this is um. Pointed out my <laughs> flaws again as, as if, if I, I don't, don't already, already see them. them. Okay, perfect. I don't have to do it. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with someday I'll be living in a big old city. But that second pointed out my flaws again as if I don't already see them. Great second choice. As if I don't already see them is so anti-hero. Yes. It's like, yeah. that is the early version of like, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like disagree with you until you're wrong, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Lyric too. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I also lean living in a big old city because I do feel like that felt so important to my personality and perhaps still does. Let's yeah. be real. But I do think... Like, yeah, thanks a lot. I know I'm bad at that thing. You don't have to say it. Like, that is definitely a feeling I've had a lot. If people are pointing out your flaws, give them my number. I, I want to <laughs> talk to them. Yes. Be nice to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I just ask them, ask them if they're the panic at the disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I – so I took um, – I, like, started comedy – by doing this class at the Comedy Cellar, and we had two shows. So after the first one, they taped you, and then we all watched it together, and you, like, gave yourself feedback. And (laughs) I was like, I nod my head all the time. I said, you know, 12 times. I, like, giggled at my own joke. I held the microphone in a weird place. Like, I was like this, and she was like... Destroying yourself. She was like, really, all I wrote down was that you nodded a lot. So, um, that's all interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Like... It was like, uh, yeah, take all those notes. And I was like, you know, self-critique. And other people were kind of like, I don't know what I did wrong. Like, could you tell me? And I was like, oh, I came with a bullet, bulleted list. And I started <laughs> writing it the second I got off stage. <laughs> but then, yes, that's very good. Go coded. Yeah. I, I know. I hate watching videos of myself. I've really Can gotten used that? to it now. Which is interesting. Like, I don't mind hearing my voice. And that's so funny because, like, so many people, people who don't do comedy, they'll be like, I can't believe you have a podcast. I couldn't. Do you hate hearing your own voice? And I'm like, the only thing that bothers me is that I say like all the time. But also I was aware of that before I started the podcast. So I I just think you get weirdly used to seeing yourself and everything. But then sometimes somebody will film me from an angle I don't like and it'll, like, ruin my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Some, sometimes the stills. I'm like, okay, I thought I was doing something completely different with my look <laughs> but i guess i look like a hunchback ghost child or Fair enough thought a joke crushed and then you watch it back and you're like are you listening I mean, back did and okay the, and the jokes yeah yeah and the laugh's not as big as you thought mm-hmm. that is always disappointing that is painful um okay quick side story just because you guys will appreciate this yeah and you'll think it's hilarious at uh club coming once not this last show but I had like a, a full stand-up tripod and I was recording it. And I was going to get my little reels and make great content or whatever. And it's a really small space. So the stage is right yeah. here. 
my tripod's like right in front of it. I go on stage and it, the tripod was right by the door or to by the bathrooms. And so my tripod got like pushed a little bit. So instead of being focused on me on the stage, it focused on the wing where all the other comics were. So instead of a 10 minute set, I got 10 minutes of watching all the other comedians watch me. Oh, it was no. mortifying because like they would, they would be like, one of my best jokes. Someone looks up like, huh. Or like, <laughs> just wow. like watching all these people I respect feedback on every single part of my set for 10 minutes. It was just awful. And that would destroy me. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse, actually. It was one of the worst things happening. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, so well, coming to my TikTok. Yeah. So and so and so react to. Well, especially because comedians often like don't laugh. And yeah. mm-hmm. they'll just go, good joke or whatever. But nice set. Yeah, it doesn't make you feel good. No. <laughs> that you didn't that laugh. Yeah. Get it all. That would be really good content, though. I'm not going to lie. I know. It would be really funny. <laughs> okay. Number five is me. Yes. There I was again tonight, forcing laughter, faking smiles versus this is me praying that this was the very first page, not where the storyline ends. Enchanted. Gotta go with this is me praying. Yeah. This is the very first page, not where the storyline ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, praying, duh. Yeah. And also just romanticizing your life, mm-hmm. your story. Picturing the rest of the book. Writing in yeah. a book. Very good girl. Mm-hmm. Gone sad coded. Yeah. You girl, girls always be writing in notebooks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. My notebook is open in front of us right now. <laughs> on the beach, on the train, wherever you are. <laughs> Coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the right answer, too. I do I think, agree. like, the forcing laughter and faking smiles is definitely something that many good girls do to, like, make everybody feel comfortable mm-hmm. and we're all having a good time. But, yeah, this is me praying. I mean, that alone. You want to do number six? Yes. Uh, wasn't it beautiful when you believed in everything and everybody believed in you versus who you are is not what you did? Innocent. Uh, Got to go with wasn't it beautiful – what is it? When you believe I, in I've never listened to Innocent in that much. I don't um, yeah. it, That's one of those that I can't really stomach. Yeah. <laughs> when every, you believed in everything and everybody believed in you. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, optimism about life, mm. about religion, everything, and then being a good girl. Yeah. That's it. Mostly because I feel like who you are is not what you did is actually like a lesson you have to unlearn as a good girl. Like, that's part of the going sad thing. Mm. Well, I do think there's, like, an element of, like, you're still growing up. Like, you can't hold yourself to, like, things you said in middle school or whatever it is. But I do think, yeah. I don't know. Like, when you believed in everything and everyone believed in you, it just... Like, some of us peaked in middle school, y'all. Yeah, it's like, like, (laughs) boof. Some of our teachers in middle school thought we were going to do big things and... It's not that we're doing small things. It's just they're not necessarily yeah. big. Yeah. Rough. Okay. Then last but not least, we have a bonus round. This is a song showdown because okay. it was really more about the overall song vibe than specific lyrics. Mm-hmm. Dear John versus Speak Now. Wow. What an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Match- matchup. Um, Those were both ones that I was like, these should have good girl lyrics, but it's more just like the whole message. That feels good, girl. Hmm. I'm going to have to go with Dear John, I think. Yeah. I, c- I don't know if I can necessarily defend it, but the vibe. And also, Dear John, songs like Seven Minutes, you get all the peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. 
shining like fireworks over your town. Yeah. Being emotionally destroyed. It's really, it's a song about feeling. Yes. And it's, good girls know how to feel. Yeah. When the girl in the dress cried the whole way home, like, wrote you a song. It's, yeah. That song is just. That bridge. You are it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sorry. Oh. I would cry to that in the Taco Bell parking lot over a guy who I went on like three dates with in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dear John was one of those songs that like y- you could make it relate to your Just about anything. I've never. Th- well, no, I've never felt that way about somebody. Should I count myself lucky? Yeah, or you Or inexperienced. Who knows? Yeah. I definitely relate to dear john but what a coulda shoulda just breaks my little heart into yeah. that one is i feel like that was like dear john was like her unpacking her emotions at the time and what a coulda shoulda was like looking back thinking about what it did to her in the long term and it's just so heartbreaking like i am emotionally scarred and i will always struggle during relationships with men thanks to you mm-hmm. although i do think it's funny because she's like i never said it was about john mary it could be about anyone it's like it's called Dear John. It's about um, John Doe, the I, everyman. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know we have that uh, Nicholas yeah. Sparks movie, but it's it's about John. Yeah, Here, come on. Well, excellent, you won. You did. Yay! Yes. Oh my um, gosh. Do you have an entry, a Taylor Swift oh, yeah. entry to the Good Girl Glossary, which is a definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl? Yes. I have one. If you would like me to go first. Yeah, go first. Okay. I I really I know when you brought it up, but. The glee-coded nature of the Speak Now tour and the fearless uh, Soul Sister mashup is, to me, good girl. You know what? No, we can cut this out because I don't even know what to, like, put this into a glossary entry. Well, you know what? It's glee-coded. I just want to expand on this. It's that specific purple dress that she wore that is very similar to the red dress that they wore. To regionals? Yeah. Maybe in the... Uh, the like queen one? What? What? No, not queen. Journey. Mm-hmm. That's yes. not it either. I don't think. <laughs> so, <laughs> they do like a big mashup, yes. and they're wearing that red dress that has the little like halter. Yeah, and it's got like a little sweetheart neckline, and yes. that it looks so much so like much that. Like that. Dress. And yes. I feel like her whole like look in that tour is like giving show choir. Yeah, it's yes. I, I so the show choir, um, the Speak Now tour being a show choir competition. Is mm-hmm. that the entry? Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. We yeah. like to say it in unison. Okay. <laughs> so, the, the Speak, Speak Now, now tour, tour being a show, show choir competition. competition. <laughs> Not my strongest entry, but it it was like a visceral reaction when I was yeah. watching the Speak Now tour. And my friend Kendall was sitting next to me and she knew all the things that were coming. And she would just like... She would hold my hand as I was mouth agape. At, I was like, she did not just do that. Yeah. She did, there's a tap dance. There's a newsy tap dancer. <laughs> and it's like the whole show starts with someone like turning it on with like a big electric yes. thing. It's just it's the silliest thing I've ever seen. And then she's <laughs> like and then she sings Dear John. And you're like, oh, that's that's tough. And then she's like, it's OK, because I have a banjo, too. And she, like, <laughs> she like came out in the audience to do Dear John, right? Doesn't she sing it like at the tree? She, yeah. she goes from to the B stage off the tree. So we were sitting like really close to the tree, which was like kind of in the middle of the floor seats. The tree, show choir, AF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing oh my about gosh. Speak Now says tree. Big but, prop. Yeah. Uh, when she came out there, I like t- 
touched her very like and i literally like was kind of joking but i was like this hand has been blessed with taylor's wife i'll never wash it yeah Yeah. i literally shook i remember when she passed us and i i lost control of my body it was like a religious experience i was just like i love you you started speaking electric touch (laughs) (laughs) electric touch is actually about about touching touching taylor swift oh my gosh (laughs) canon um i think i have mine okay my Taylor Swift related uh, entry to the Good Girl glossary is writing in your notebook with a quill as a child. <gasps> a quill! Or a, a quill. feather pen. Yes. Yes. A fountain pen. A fountain pen uh-huh. that has a feather so it looks like a quill because your mom does not want to buy you ink. Wow. That, and it's because Speak Now. Taylor Swift in her little fantasy bag. She was writing these in her, in her notebook, probably using a, a feather pen. And I know that's something we have all done. That <laughs> is so funny. That's the perfect entry. We used to. So two things just shot into my brain <laughs> that I like thought were not there anymore. So when I was in like third grade or something, we would make these flower pins and sell them for something. I don't know. Like pin with an e i just it's the accent but (laughs) the then you would like wrap them and then put like a fake flower on top and they have them like sometimes at like doctor's offices and stuff i think so you like know oh it'd be like a fake daisy and then you'd put the floral tape around it and that was essentially just a flower glued to the top of the pen yeah okay i know exactly what you're talking about like made those in some class and i was obsessed with them like i literally like wouldn't write with anything else for like years of my life because i was like i'm fancy i only would see those at like uh my grandma's like garden club yes sign up like who's signing up for the potluck use the flower pen okay but it is really cute when you put them in a pot and it looks like a floral arrangement and you're like just kidding it's pens (laughs) i'm like thinking maybe Maybe we should do that Yeah. Is that um, new merch item? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll sell oh. one at Etsy shop. I'll <laughs> make it myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that was one memory that came to me. And then the other one was um, my grandparents had, like, they just had, like, st- like you know, grandparents just, like, have stuff. And it's, yeah. like, the stuff is fun they because be it exists. Things. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, like, this desk in one of the one of their rooms. And it had, like, a, um, a gavel. Don't know why. It had a gavel in there, and no one in my family is a judge. <laughs> but, um, and then they also had like a like a pin that sat in a little pin holder thing. And my cousins and I would like pretend write on the paper, and I'd, like pretend we were like in Harry Potter and stuff like yeah. that with the like quill that didn't have any ink in it. So totally, totally relate to that. And I feel like on top of that, you know those desks that roll up. Yes. I feel like that's part of that whole narrative as well. Wait, a desk that rolls up? A like secretary's desk? <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what so you that's mean. That's what I identify with the quills as well. Mm-hmm. I guess from more like a American Girl historical sense versus like a Ren Faire big dress fantasy. Um, but I, I, I envision that with the whole process as well. Well, we mm-hmm. have to add this to the glossary. That's like the best yes. entry. Yes. Oh, oh, my oh. gosh. Writing, Writing in, in a, a notebook with a quill or a big pen pen. Excellent. Love it. That was great. That was really good. That was really great. Wonderful. Becca, do you have a Taylor Swift glossary entry? Like, nothing is really popping into my brain that I haven't already said a million times. Oh, I do want to say, though, that after this episode, because obviously this episode doesn't count, um, we would like to introduce a Taylor Swift jar 
where every time Sid and I mention Taylor Swift on this podcast, we donate a dollar to a charity that we will decide what it is. Maybe it changes monthly. Yeah, maybe it changes monthly. So we'll keep you posted. But I just was listening to one of our episodes recently and I was like, oh, wow, this is like the first episode where like we haven't mentioned Taylor Swift that I've edited in a while and then I just casually dropped the crumpled up piece of paper lying here didn't even say it was a Taylor Swift reference but it was like a if you know you know so we're gonna monetize and um donate that. to a good cause so do we put the Taylor Swift jar in as an entry we can or I uh, know the entry is <laughs> talking about Taylor Swift in therapy <laughs> that's yes. what it is yeah there was yes. there was a New York Times article that I saw that was like I think it was New York Times right yeah yeah, everyone's been doing these Taylor therapy uh-huh. think pieces, but I think yes. I know the one you're talking about. And it was like um, a therapist or psychologist or whatever saying um, that a lot of people had been talking about Taylor Swift. And, and it was like, I think it's partly, I think a lot of times it's like this lyric really spoke to me and it's like really helping to define how I feel about this thing. And I definitely have done that. Like I've definitely been like, the best way to describe it is <laughs> this line from All Too Well or whatever. So I think that's, I mean, I make a lot of references in therapy and I know like nothing about my therapist from a personal perspective. So I don't know, like half the time I'm like, do you know what that means? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, now I have to explain <laughs> the term F boy. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, Sorry. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've definitely dropped in a Taylor Swift reference or like, being upset that I didn't get tickets to the tour. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So. Like Perfect. Well, one, two, three. Talking, talking about, about Taylor, Taylor Swift in therapy. Perfect. Love it. I think we can release you from this Taylor Swift hold now. Oh yeah. Gosh, I feel like the episode is concluded. Yes. We'll, yes. we'll pass you the offertory plate. Oh, 100%. Thank you. If there's anything you want to lift up, if you have any shows coming up. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm so glad we had a dedicated Taylor Swift episode because last time I was on the pod, it wasn't supposed to be at Taylor Swift. It just <laughs> turned into that. Yeah. So today, I'm glad we had that. Love uh, it. it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or threads, I guess. Now. Are we doing oh, that yeah. yet? I don't know. Yeah. I think we're doing it. This might be threads might be done by the time this episode's over. I don't know. I've the been way threading. The, world, the way the you world. You have been. Yeah. Is, yeah. I've been I've been looking at your threads. Thank you. I've been threading your threads. Um, <laughs> Starting the needles. At Carson Molnarik. That I'm. I'm gonna spell it. Yeah. C- spell it. Yeah. C a r s o n m l n a r i k. And if you're in New York, um, you can follow my comedy show at Two Gays One Mike. And channel surfers. Movie surfers. Movie surfers. And movie surfers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah, I have a new show, a new movie reaction show, uh, called Movie Surfers, and it's just movie surfers. That's so fun. How often do you do it? Uh we will be the first uh first Saturday of every month at Easy Lover, our next one not officially announced yet, but I'm thinking it's gonna be Shrek two. (gasps) Oh my gosh. In sep or uh what's next month? August. First mm-hmm. Saturday of August. And it's free and it's easy lover. So, yeah, follow Movie Surfers mm-hmm. for more updates. Sid came to um, High School Musical 2. We're on a sequel kick. And I had blast. Musical 2 is one of the best movies as well. of all yeah. time. I had the time of my life. Maybe I, ha- I might have had too much fun. I was interjecting quite a bit. But I did win a drink ticket for knowing Drew Seeley saying Zac Efron's parts in the first movie. Yeah. So, yeah. there you go. That yeah. breakup scene in High School Musical 2. I, I go my own way. really yeah. don't think there's another breakup scene that's that good. 
in any piece of media. It's that is so a really good. strong statement, Becca. What about us? <laughs> what, what about everything we've been through? What about trust? You know I never wanted to hurt you. What about me? What am I supposed to do? I gotta leave, but I miss you. Wow. That was... A really <laughs> good Vanessa Hudgens. Thank you. Thank I, you. That might be a new impression for you. I don't That's know. It's just me doing uh, auto-tuned Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. What was really important to me is that when Fabulous started, it was everybody started doing the choreography and it was, I need, I need. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> knew it and it's like, Fabulous. Yeah. Like, I, I know you can't see me right now, listeners, but She's I'm doing, doing the full choreography and it was like, two rows of us doing all of us doing the choreography and no one said we were like gonna dance along we were all sitting in our seats but it was just it's out with the old and in In with the the new new. goodbye clouds of gray hello skies of blue okay y'all did not sign up for this much singing (laughs) you did it um i'm actually just like trying to find an agent maybe some representation in any way so i've been singing this whole time (laughs) i think i'm maybe getting a little too comfortable (laughs) when we first started this podcast i was like oh i can't say that that's embarrassing i should take that out and now I'm like, what if I just sang badly? <laughs> All the time. Because All now we time. sing badly. <laughs> no, we're not good at singing. Hey, we could be worse, though. Yes, we could be worse. But anyway, everyone but should follow Carson in mm-hmm. 2Ks on Mike. And we've been before. It's a really fun time. Thank you for having me. Uh, and if you're listening to this, um, go stream Speak Now Taylor's version. Yes, do it. Thank you so much <laughs> yes. for coming. We yes. loved having you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, the Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. And neither should you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.